Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Amber. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. And my work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work and intuitive readings. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. So a big hello and a big thank you to everyone who listens to these podcasts. I'm always really astounded by the numbers and also the locations that the podcasts reach so many people all around the world. It's a really beautiful thing. Thank you for all your messages of support and just feedback. You know, sometimes I get these lovely messages um, just telling me, you know, a podcast that you've listened to and how it's affected your life. And I love hearing that. So please feel free to send more of those messages. Don't feel shy. Don't feel that you can't do that or reach out in any way. It's a lovely thing to receive. Some of you have asked how you can best support the work. Um, There is a donations button on the website. If you go to the home page and then just press on the home tab, there's a drop down menu and there's a donations button there and you can donate as little or as much as you want to. And all of that goes towards the work, just keeping the podcasts going, web hosting, all of that kind of technical stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And it's all very gratefully received. So yes, if these podcasts have helped you, if they've inspired you in some way, if you've had some healing and you want to give something back, then please feel free to do that. So today's podcast is looking at unhealthy attitudes towards healing. Now, I tend to get my ideas for podcasts, usually in meditation, but sometimes I'm sort of inspired by what's going on in the world. But this one came to me in meditation, and I was inspired by remembering certain interactions that have occurred um, with Reiki students and with clients in the past, It's always quite an interesting thing to note how triggering healing can be. And I have noticed this in myself as a client when I go and see healers. And of course, I notice it as a healer when clients come to see me. And I think it's one of the areas that healers never really talk about. You know, I think there's this idea, and it's false, but it's this idea that, you know, when you get a healing, you have this most amazing, idyllic, loved up relationship with your healer everything is wonderful and blissful and you're never really triggered and you go along and you have this wonderful healing and you leave and you feel really wonderful and then there's this idea that healers kind of you know sit on mountaintops oming and zenning the whole time and they're never triggered by their clients and they don't have bad days and they don't get projected upon by their clients and all of that kind of stuff and none of that is true as a healer and as a teacher and being around other healers and teachers I can tell you that it's as equally Um, confusing and conflicting and exhausting and rewarding and triggering as any other profession um, that is about human interaction. Um, So it's important that we don't have these kind of strange ideals of what healing is. It sort of makes something, it mystifies it. And although healing has this element of mysticism to it, and I think that's important, we don't want to mystify it, as in we don't want to cloud it in suspicion and superstition, because I don't think that helps anyone. So I was remembering in meditation, I was getting these kind of um, flashbacks to times when I have seen healers and how I have felt triggered. And some of the things that I felt triggered around with healers is, you know, if I send an email and I don't get a response straight away, I find that, I used to find that really triggering. I used to feel like I wasn't being appreciated, I wasn't being heard, I'd get really anxious, I'd feel like they were 
ignoring me. They didn't have time for me. They only wanted me for money. Um, you know, what had happened? It's like they dropped off the end of the earth. Why weren't they responding to my message? Um, I used to feel that if I went into a healing session and I wasn't kind of greeted with the same uh, energy that I'd been greeted with, say, at our last session or the session before that, that something was wrong, as in some I had done something wrong or something was wrong with a healer or, you know, why weren't they giving me the same love and attention and care? And I used to feel that if a healer was tough with me, you know, if they pulled me up on stuff and said, you're not doing this and have you thought about this, that they weren't the right person for me, that I would get quite triggered around that. Now, I have talked at great length in some podcasts about what to look out for with inappropriate healers. And I think all of everything that I say, please take with a pinch of salt, as in please listen to those podcasts about inappropriate healers and healers that really aren't worth your time and some of the red flags to look out for. But I'm talking about healers that are worth your time. I'm talking about, you know, w when the work is working, but when these triggers still pop up and what they could be about. So for me as a client, when that was happening to me, when it doesn't happen to me anymore, thankfully it just doesn't, you know, and, 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 it, and if it ever slightly rears its head, I know instantly that that's something in me that I need to address and I know how to address it really quickly. But when that used to happen to me, it, it used to mean that I had an unhealthy connection to this work and to this healer, meaning that I'd handed most of my power away, that I was looking to be rescued, I was looking to be saved in some way, that I was seeing this person as a as a parental figure almost, um, that I had lost kind of all sense of, not all, I had lost quite a sense of reality that although this person is wearing the cloak of healer, they also are a human being with an everyday life that involves uh, possibly having a full-time job, having kids, having a partner, going through their own stuff, needing to pay the bills, going shopping, getting stuff in, stuck in traffic, needing to go on holiday, needing their own healing. I was kind of forgetting all that because I wasn't really thinking about them. I was just thinking about me and my needs. And that's quite a childish place to come from in our healing. It means we're taking no responsibility for the process. We're taking no responsibility for the journey. And we're kind of abdicating our power. And sometimes there would be a sense of resentment a resentment that I had to pay, um, a resentment that they weren't communicating with me in a certain way, or a resentment that I was being called up on stuff that I didn't really want to hear. Now, over time, that's totally evolved, and it's evolved the more work I've done on myself. I don't ever now get triggered by an, a healer that I'm working with. Um, and if I do... I'll always air it. So um, I've sometimes worked, I've sometimes had supervision sessions where say my mentor or the therapist that I'm working with at the time, say they, they're late for our call or they're late for our appointment. I will sometimes find that quite triggering, especially if I'm, uh, I've had a stressful week or um, you know I, I need to offload. And the very first thing I will do at the start of the call, at the start of the session, is just air it. I'll just say, this thing that's just happened has got me feeling all these things. And the response that I expect, or I appreciate, is a response that looks at how some of that could be my own wounding, but also where the healer takes 
full responsibility for the fact that they might be late for the session or they might have, you know, be late for the call or whatever. So I'm, what I'm looking for, what makes me feel good, is a sense of collaboration. What I don't do in those situations is attack, is kind of scream and shout and attack and, and, and threaten and all that kind of stuff. So in meditation, I was remembering all these things, remembering all these times when I'd felt all these things with healers, and I was really recognizing that the times when I'd felt all those things are times when I'd had a really unhealthy relationship with healing and with that healer. Um, it was codependent, it was addictive, and it, it really wasn't something that was serving me. And I look back on those healing relationships and I realize that they weren't for my best and highest good. Now, some of them were to do with the healers I was working with not being boundaried and just not being very good. But I also take responsibility for the fact that my own wounding was coming up and getting in the way of the healing almost. And so this takes me on to the next point is that when we engage in healing, we need to take responsibility for what comes up for us. It is not the healer's responsibility to hold your shit for you. It's not their responsibility. They can place, they can put a mirror up and show it to you. They can point it out for you. But ultimately, it's your responsibility to look at it. And if you can't clear it, to ask for help in clearing it. But it's not, you know, we're not, um, we're not a helpless pet, you know. We're not a dog that goes for a walk and does a, does a little poo on the sidewalk and then expects someone to clean it up for them. Like, we, we have responsibility for our lives. And, um... What tends to happen when the dynamic is imbalanced and that when we're, when we're abdicating responsibility or surrendering into sort of a child state is that we're expecting someone else to pick up our crap for us. And that's when it's an unhealthy dynamic. And I think it's really important to look at that when we step into healing. Where are we doing that and why are we doing it? Very often we're doing it because there's wounding that's coming up for us. And if we are prepared to admit and accept and sit with that wounding and sit with what is coming up for us, we can make huge leaps and bounds in our healing. But what can sometimes happen is we're not prepared to sit with that. We want to go into the place of righteous indignation and we want to stay the victim and so we blame the other party. So in my meditation, I was also remembering times when I've been at the receiving end of that as a healer. Um, thankfully, it's really not been that often, but there are the odd sort of isolated instance that stand out because they're so heightened. I remember working with um, a gorgeous, on a soul level, gorgeous student um, who attuned to Reiki. And in the, in the course of the, the Reiki workshop, which lasted a weekend, I was very aware that there was a lot of projection going on, that Reiki was being put on a pedestal and I was being put on a pedestal, that Reiki was sort of seen as this wonderful, mystical kind of angelic heavenly choir of angels light-filled beautiful thing that we kind of float on this cloud of fluffiness on and that I was somehow the paragon of this because I was a Reiki master I was aware that that was the sort of the feeling behind it everything has to be lovely everything has to be love and light everything has to be you know perfect and uh, in weekends, it's not really a, a healing role that I take on. It's a teaching role. So it's it's a different space that I inhabit. And I was aware that this this these kind of projections were coming up for the student. But I also knew that, you know, when you're attuning to Reiki, this stuff comes up and then it's your own journey with it. Anyway, at some point, it came up that the student wanted to do some healing work with me on a one-to-one -one basis. And um, I'm always open to that if that's what you feel that you want to do. So... 
I went away and I did a shamanic journey and I got some guidance on what would most assist them at this time. And we spoke at great length down the phone, um, which I don't often do. I'll often do a shamanic journey and then I won't follow it up. But I, I shared the, the process of the shamanic journey and then did a follow-up call as well because, you know, this person had been my student and I felt that it was just... It, it, I just wanted to take that extra step, you know. I just wanted to give up more of my time because, uh, you know, they'd been a student. So we talked at great length about the work and it was all very, you know, heavenly choir of angels. This is something that I really want to do, really looking forward to this and so on. Well, what came up during the course of the work that I got in the shamanic journey that there was stuff that the student needed to look at, like stuff that they literally were not looking at. And what they were doing was putting Band-Aids on the, on the issues and then projecting what was not looked at onto other people. So a recurring theme in this student's um, life was that being around other people's energies was toxic, that there were certain people at work that were toxic, there were certain people on the tube that were toxic, there were certain people in circle that were toxic, make, make me feel sick, make me feel this, make me feel that. And I very much resonated with that. That has been a huge part of my journey. Um, but before I even became a healer was I was very sensitive to energy. So I really empathize with the empath, you know, the part of us that is sensitive to other people and that sometimes people's energies can feel toxic. What I've come to realize over the years as a healer and as a human being working in many different industries, so working as a healer, but then also working in offices, working in the arts and so on, is that if it's causing such a stir in me, it's because at some level I resonate with that energy, whether it's anger, resentment, fear, guilt, shame, um, jealousy, whatever it is. Like on, on some level, it's latched onto me because I have that within me. And it's latched onto me because I have that within me in an unrecognized way, as in it is dormant. It has not been, a light has not shone on it. I haven't really looked at it. And of course, if we've lived rich lives and had lots of experiences, and especially if we've had a lot of traumatic stuff happen to us, there are going to be these dark spaces in us that we just haven't shone a light on because it's too painful. Or we think we've shone a light on it, but we haven't completely looked at it. And um, over time, I started to get aware that there were lots of spaces in traumatic events in my life that I hadn't fully looked at. I hadn't fully claimed my anger or my guilt or my fear or my shame or my rage or my jealousy or my whatever. I hadn't really fully claimed it because they were difficult emotions to claim. And so when I was meeting people who had that in their energy field also unclaimed, I was, it was sort of, it was kind of like a like, a, like attracts like. So it was kind of pinging into my energy field. And then I was feeling the toxicity of that. But I was feeling the toxicity of that at such a level because it was unexplored in me. Whereas when it's explored in us and we know it, we can recognize it in another, but it doesn't have to affect us. We go, oh, that's interesting. You're angry or you're jealous or you're grieving or you're ashamed, but actually it doesn't have to make me feel anything. I can just be the impartial observer, the compassionate observer, the compassionate witness. So I was coming to realize this with this student, that because so many things had been banded, bandaged bandaged over and they then became projected onto other people so part of the work that was created for this student in collaboration with my spirit helpers when I do the shamanic journey was to look at these very things that this student was running away from and so we discussed this in great depth 
Um, and a few days later, I received an email, a very abrupt email, considering that we'd had, you know, long phone conversations and we just spent a weekend together attuning to Reiki and, and it had all been, you know, a heavenly choir of angels and love and light. A few days later, I got a very abrupt email to say that they didn't want to go any further with the work. They, they had decided that they would rather go on holiday and um, they were going to use the money that they would spend on doing this healing work to go on holiday. Now, normally, I do not respond to those kind of um, deviations in one's healing journey with anything other than a, that's absolutely fine, good luck with everything, you know where I am. But because we had had a relationship as student-teacher and this person was on their journey to hopefully become a Reiki master, you know, and become a Reiki healer, and they said they wanted to be a healer, I felt that it was in the remit of our relationship for me to hold a mirror up. So I held a mirror up and I said, you know, we've talked about X, Y, and Z, and you realize what you're doing. You realize that you're, you're bypassing the work that needs to be done in order for you to step into the role of healer because you can't step into the role of healer while you've still got your own unexamined wounds. You're always going to feel that people around you are toxic, can't deal with this person, that doesn't work for me, and so on. You realize that you're bypassing that to go on holiday, that the issue isn't really you don't have enough money to go on holiday and do the course. The issue is that what choices are you going to make right now? Um, I received an almost immediate response that was bristling with aggression, uh, accusing me of trying to control them, manipulate them, tell them what to do. Um, I responded, which again, I don't normally do, but um, it was such a sort of heated interaction that I felt the need to hold up another mirror. And um, and I felt it was only respectful to hold up another mirror because this person was my student still. And I responded by, by saying that that completely wasn't my intention, but that, you know, this work had been created for their highest good. They had said that they were interested and that really if they just sat with things for a minute, just really kind of sat with it and breathed into it, they might actually see that there was some authenticity behind what I was saying. Because obviously if they'd viewed me as being authentic and someone that they wanted as their teacher and they'd really valued our time together in the Reiki classes, I wasn't suddenly going to Jekyll and Hyde into someone that just wanted them to sign up for something for money. I was redirecting them for their own good. And I received another really bristling email response, this time threatening me with a police action or something like that, like saying, if you don't stop emailing me, I'm going to report you to the police, which is one of the most nonsensical things I ever heard, because what was I going to be reported for saying, would you like to sit down and meditate on this? So that told me how very triggered this person was by the very thought of healing but also how very triggered they were by the very thought that their healer could question them that their healer could be anything less than a kind of universal mother mary figure that was going to embrace them no matter what choices they made and if this person had chosen to engage with that triggering, engage with that rage that was all coming at me but actually had nothing to do with me, they might have realized that that was an indicator of their core wounds. And actually, this person had some deep core wounds around uh, mother issues. And often as a woman and as a healer, I end up 
being kind of put on that pedestal as being the the sister or the mother or the wife or whatever you know it's what we do it's how we project so there was such a potent opportunity there to really look at the triggering and it was so disappointing to see this student not engage with that but instead choose to see me as the villain and to see themselves as the righteous victim and yet within that was such fuel for healing a core wound of the righteous victim, wanting to rage against the perpetrator, which wasn't me, which was someone from their past. So this is what happens when we have an unhealthy connection to healing, because if we're looking to be saved, we don't want our healer to hold a mirror up to us. We don't want our healer to be unavailable. We don't want our healer to question us. We want our healer to give us all the things that we never had in our life. We want our healer to love us unconditionally, to be there for us unconditionally, to be present in the way that often our primary caregivers were not, because often that's where our core wounds are coming from. But it could also be, you know, later relationships that we've had in life. But often when the response is so strong, it's because we're tracking back the core wound to our primary caregivers. So when we have such a strong reaction to our healers, this rage that, that, that if we actually sat with it, even if we wrote it down and, and, or looked at our diary entries, if we kept journals, we would see that most of the time we've been saying, oh, I really love working with this person or I really admire them or whatever. And then we suddenly fly into a rage. It's because something deeply painful has been triggered in us and rather than look at what that deep pain is we go into defense mode we go into attack we go into wounded animal I have experienced both sides of this I have experienced it as a client and I've experienced it as a healer and I know the potency of healing within it so now if I ever find myself in that place where I am triggered to that level which as I say just doesn't happen anymore but sometimes I kind of get waves of it you know it might last for five minutes and then I just work my way through it I understand that it's because there's a core need in me that's not being met and I'm expecting the other person to to meet it for me and on some level I'm feeling hard done by or like life is unfair or you know something is missing but it's got absolutely nothing to do with the healer and everything to do with me and what is being triggered in me and so my suggestion is, is that if that ever happens to you with a healer, whoever they are, is that rather than go into attack mode and assume that this person is your enemy and they're trying to hurt you and all the rest of it, is to really bring that up for discussion with your healer. You know, however you choose to word it, you know, when we spoke on the phone, this is what I felt, or when we had our last session, I felt this, or when you say this to me, it makes me feel this. And Give yourself, the both of you, the space to allow that triggering to unfold and see what's beneath that triggering. And this is where you will come to appreciate the strength of your healer because if they're able to op uh, hold the space for you during the, these conversations, these difficult conversations, and allow healing to occur, then you've got the right healer. If your healer responds by attacking you back, then you're with completely the wrong healer. Now, sometimes that can happen, you know, sometimes healers will put down really strong boundaries. I've had to put down really strong boundaries um, 
I mean, thankfully, it just doesn't happen to me anymore. But years and years and years ago, when I started out healing, and I didn't have the strongest boundaries as a healer, and I, um, I would sometimes get into these silly interactions with people who just wanted to, they just wanted to vent. They didn't even really want to book in a session with me. They just wanted to vent. Um, and then I, I would have to say, you know, I'm deleting you from my mailing list or I'm blocking your email address because, you know, this has become abusive, the messages that you're sending me. But it just doesn't happen now. I just thankfully don't attract that kind of energy because I've looked at my wounding. So I'm not attracting that to me. And if that ever comes to me, I'm I'm very clear and boundary now. So it just doesn't happen. I have the loveliest clients the most beautiful people that show appreciation and respect and honor for the work. And I'm so lucky that I have them as my clients. It is such a joy to be able to work with people like that. Um, but if the response that you get from your healer is something that makes you feel fearful or threatened or attacked in some way, uh, it's probably a good indicator that this isn't the best healer for you. But it can also be an indicator that um, that the level of wounding in you is so unrecognized that, that this is what's happening within the therapeutic relationship. So unhealthy connections to healing, I think, is something that we all navigate, that we all go through, that is a challenge for every single one of us. And it is part of the healing process, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Where it becomes our strength is when we really look at our triggers within the healing therapeutic relationship and we allow those triggers to be our medicine. And that requires mindfulness. That requires just taking a breath, journaling, meditation, asking for help, calling in your spirit helpers if that's your belief system, maybe doing a bit of yoga, maybe connecting with your tree, connecting with nature, like whatever it is that grounds you and just really feeling into what is the truth of what I'm feeling behind this interaction? Because 99.9% .9 of the time it won't be about the other person. It'll be about what's being triggered in you. And if you can claim that and then have the courage to claim that and share that with your healer who is there to help you, it can be a deeply transformative part of the process. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you may be on your journey, I wish you much joy, peace, compassion, and kindness. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.